the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. At that very time, there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Jesus asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will perish just as they did. Then Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? The gardener replied, sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. I probably shouldn't say it in church. I probably shouldn't say the four-letter word in church. I don't want parents to answer too many questions on the way home from church. So I'll just say, manure happens. <laughs> and then you know what I mean. When the U.S. Food and Drug Administration wanted to limit the use of animal manure as part of its overhaul of safety regulations, organic farmers were hopping mad. Now, every farmer depends on fertilizer, but organic farmers, they obsess over it. As farmer Jim Crawford said, we think of manure as the best thing in the world. And they think of it as toxic and nasty and disgusting. He adds that the green material from the previous year's crop mixed with black manure, rich and full and full of good microorganisms, it's the best and brings wonderful fertility the next spring. Now I have to admit, maybe like you, that I don't think a lot about manure. When I do, I remember the smell of some of the farms in Nebraska where my grandparents and all my relatives lived. 
Now, for most of us, manure and the four-letter S-word repel us, even if it is a part of life. Now, we'll get to the part of the manure and just with the manure in a minute, so hold on. But the first part of the gospel is both comforting and a little bit disturbing. When a tower falls on a bunch of people, Jesus is asked if it was because they were worse sinners than the others. It's the question of the ages. Why do bad things happen? Is God punishing us or them for something we did or didn't do? And Jesus emphatically answers, absolutely not. In other words, to paraphrase the Alabama theologian Forrest Gump, manure happens. Life is unfair. Accidents happen. Natural disasters happen. And sometimes troubled or hate-filled people take the lives of others because they're at the wrong time in the wrong place. Manure happens. But then Jesus adds, unless you repent, you will perish as they did. Ouch! Now remember, repent means to change your mind, to think about things differently. Now for me, this year, that means if manure happens, if life is unfair, and if you never know how many days you have left, let your life count. Otherwise, you will perish in your own anger or your own resentment or your own fear. Maybe you have a different interpretation for this parable this year. But now, for the stinky part, the manure. I'm sure you've heard sermons, right, about seeds and trees, weeds and wheat, rocks and soil, sun and rain. But this is your lucky day. A manure sermon. <laughs> now, in Luke, Jesus tells a parable, parable about a fig tree that doesn't bear fruit. Now, I have a beautiful seed catalog that is fun to look at, even though I don't order any seeds. It's still inspiring. But I don't see figs anywhere in this catalog. In Matthew and Mark, Jesus curses the fig tree. But Luke goes a different direction. Now remember that in the Garden of Eden, the only fruit there is Adam and Eve covering themselves with fig leaves. In the scriptures, figs can represent both blessings and curses. And in Jesus' parable, this fig tree hasn't borne fruit for three years, which isn't surprising since it could take up to four or five for fruit to appear. One writer, to seize herself as the vineyard owner and the tree all at once, like she is the de her own defendant, judge, and jury at the same time. She says that this parable breaks her heart because it happens all the time. We are impatient with ourselves. We are impatient with others. The one who does not prove, the one who does not produce, and the one who harshly judges the lack of production in others. Yet God is the one saying, 
Give it one more year. My thoughts are not your thoughts, says the prophet Isaiah. Don't cut the tree down, let alone for another year. And the manure. You just can't pour a heap of stinking fresh manure on a strawberry plant, I learned. It will be too potent. The plant will die. You have to get your hands dirty. You have to do some digging around. You have to mix, mix the manure with dirt and see what happens. So, holy dirt here this morning for our meditation. And it's a strange thing. It's a strange thing to say in a sermon. There's treasure in manure. We know it's literally true, right? Because manure makes the best fertilizer because of the amazing nutrients. But I want you to give it some thought from a spiritual perspective, too. What might we learn from the parts of ourselves or the parts of life that repel us or that we avoid or the things or the people that we think stink to high heaven. Or to say it differently, how is your garden growing in this land? And what kind of fertilizer, what kind of manure do you need so that you can produce fruits, so that you can more fully be yourself, so that you can authentically live your baptismal vocation? It is Lent. And Lent means spring. The weather is warmer. Shoots are beginning to appear through the ground. And as we sang in Psalm 63, we thirst for God. As in a dry land where there is no water. We yearn for the kind of authentic life that money cannot buy. It's time to reveal the book title that captivated me this week, though I only read a little bit of the Amazon sneak preview. It's called Holy Shit, <laughs> Managing Manure to Save Mankind. The author uses his experience with both farming and waste management and covers the field, so to speak, with topics like how to select the right pitchfork or how to compost pet waste and how to get ourselves over the paranoia we have about human waste, if you know what I mean. And then he talks about composting. Composting breaks down food and waste and becomes fertilizer for the soil. What an amazing image for Lent. It was several weeks ago on Ash Wednesday that we remembered that we are earth creatures, marked with ash on our foreheads, that we are created from the soil. So if you don't already, consider composting as a spiritual practice, not only for the good of the earth, but to connect you more fully to decomposition and to growth. It was a year ago that Paisley was one of our seminarians. She shared her passion for composting. And now this church has a composting bin in our garden 
and composting buckets all over the church. Now you know what they are if you didn't know before. So here's my hope for you, people of God, for this Lent. I know it's strange, but you gotta get people's attention in new ways. Meditate on the manure. Meditate on the composting. It is holy shit after all. Think about it. And then be glad for one more year, one more spring, one more Easter, one more year to trust God more than money, one more year to forgive yourself and others, one more year to see your imperfections and weaknesses as the manure that holds treasure. Lent is a time for spiritual fertilizer, so dip your hand in that water of the font Eat and drink at this table. Notice the earth coming alive this spring and you coming alive as well.